Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mondo Show. What an incredible hour we're in right now. And stay tuned because I have a very special guest that you're not going to want to miss out. You know, with the rise of cancel culture, the Equality Act campaign, our society right now is changing. And some believe it, it threatens the very core of Christianity. The debate over what role religion should play in public life has never been more contentious than right now, with some promoting a vision of Christian values that critics say tramples on the right of everyone else. You know, America may be a Christian nation in language, but it's far from it in practice. How we treat people, how we play favorites in our politics, and how we become divisive, and how we lead from our platforms, or how we live in a country of so much wealth, but yet there's so much poverty. I could go on and on and on about these subjects, but if we were a quote and unquote Christian nation, there are certain harsh realities that in many ways define this country that would not exist. You know, each day we're watching America turn further from Christian values and what some call the core principles of liberty. Well, on today's program, my special guest, the one and only, the legendary Dr. Erwin Lutzer is here to share how you and I can prepare ourselves to live out our convictions against the growing tide of hostility. You know, he has written a brand new book called We Will Not Be Silenced. This is responding courageously to our culture's assault on Christianity. You know, we are living in a very important time. And he writes about how you and I can gain a better understanding of non-believers' legitimate hurts and concerns regarding issues like racism, sexism, and poverty, and identify the toxic responses that secular culture disguises as solutions. In the process, you'll see how you can show compassion and gentleness to those outside of the faith without affirming their belief. This man, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, is an evangelical Christian pastor, teacher, author. You know, he was the senior pastor of the Moody Church in Chicago, where he served as the senior pastor for over 36 years. I got to ask him some questions about what's happened to Christianity right now. It seems like social movement and the woke movement has infiltrated the church. And it seems like there's a different gospel being preached from our pulpits today. But I want to tell you something. This is a man that has a voice for right now. He has authored more than 50 books, including the best-selling book, One Minute After You Die. You know what? He is the speaker on three radio programs. He's got a great voice, by the way, that can be heard more than 750 national and international outlets. He is here today on my program to talk about his brand new book. I want you right now to write down the name of the book. We will not be silenced. This book is probably one of the most important books for this hour. As a matter of fact, Dr. David Jeremiah wrote the foreword. He said, if I could, I would put this book into the hands of every Christian in America. 
I want you to start ordering the book right now. I don't care what you got to do. You can go to Amazon. You can go to, as a matter of fact, you can go to the Harvest House website. I don't care what you got to do. You got to get this book in your hands because it's going to give you the information of what we're dealing with right now with this cancel culture. You know what? I don't need to say much. Let me welcome my special guest, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, to the program. Welcome, sir. Mondo. I'm so glad to be with you today and to have this opportunity to interact. And I think that you have set up the situation very well. We live in a very confused culture. And oftentimes the church doesn't know exactly what to do and the answers may not be easy. But God has called us to this hour and what we need to do is not be shamed into silence. I wrote this book because I think that the church oftentimes is shamed into silence because we don't know how to respond and we aren't willing to take the consequences that comes along with following Jesus and taking his cross into the world. You know, if I could just say this, Mondo, I wrote this book when I began to realize that the radical left in America does not believe that America can be fixed. It has to be destroyed. And it has to be rebuilt upon a Marxist uh, worldview. Classical Marxism, of course, brought about the big revolutions in China and Russia, but this is a different kind of Marxism. It's cultural Marxism. Cultural Marxism says that we can bring about a Marxist state incrementally if we capture the media, if we capture a law and education, and vote for the right people, we can bring it about without such a great revolution. Now, here's what I do in the book. I'll just give you a quick summary. What I do is I show how this is being applied to our history, the vilification that is taking place of our Judeo-Christian roots, and how America is uh, this awful nation. Of course, we have racism. We can talk about that. But when you compare America with other countries, you discover that America is indeed very unique. But the point is, that's the reason why uh, it is being vilified, because you want to rebuild it. You know, Arthur Schlesinger, who was a confidant of President Kennedy, made this remark. He said that history is to a nation what memory is to a person. Now, Mondo, you know that if a person loses his memory, he becomes whatever people say he is. And that's what's going on. And then I apply it to race. And I show how these diversity studies are really not intended to bring about reconciliation. They are intended actually to divide, to destroy, to make accusations. And here again, as we shall see in the, in the discussion that we're having, the Church of Jesus Christ as a wonderful word of hope. And then I apply it to freedom of speech. People don't understand that Karl Marx believed that if you have freedom of speech, capitalists will probably win the argument. So what you have to do is to not have freedom of speech, and it's time for the oppressors to speak. And so, excuse me, the oppressed to speak. The oppressors should be silent. They are the Marxists. And today we see that this is being applied in uh, universities where conservatives are not allowed to speak. 
because in Marxist terms, and let me say it again, the oppressed are the only ones who should speak. Now, and then I have a chapter, and I'll bring this down very quickly, and then you can ask other questions, but I have a chapter on propaganda. Mondo, we have to realize that the purpose of propaganda is to so shape people's view of reality that even when confronted with a mountain of evidence, they will not change their minds. And that's where I discuss the cancel culture. And I hope you ask me some questions about that. Absolutely. And then I go on to the destruction of the family and so forth. But here's the point. Another benefit of reading this book, if I might say that, is for parents to understand why is it that when I send my children to university, why do they come back hating America? Why do they think that we are so helplessly racist? And uh, in each chapter, I always have a response of the church, because you and I know that God has brought us to this moment, and we should not shrink back. We should speak. We should speak lovingly, but we should speak truth, and we should show how Jesus Christ actually is the answer mm. to many questions that are being asked in our culture today. Wow. You know, Dr. Lutzer, you have pastored for over three decades now, and you've seen a lot of change in the church and how the culture in the church has changed over the last 30 years plus. Where do you think Christianity is today with young pastors removing the very core of Christianity, the very word of God, and now challenging and canceling the Bible from within. Where are we as a Christian community in the church today? Well, I think, for example, having observed this now for 35 years or probably 40, that um, one of the things that has really changed our culture is technology. And, and because of the social media and because of technology, we live in a very different era. You know, in my book, I make the statement that uh, the cell phone in your teenager's hand will do more to inform his or her view of the culture than an hour of church and an hour of Bible study. So that's one big change. And of course, the LGBTQ community has arisen and wants cultural dominance. Not just equality, but actually cultural dominance. And you have such things as the Equality Act, which would basically destroy all freedom of religion. So, so that's where we are at. These changes have been made. And there's a lot of hostility against Christianity. Some may be legitimate. A lot of it is not legitimate. But um, the challenge is before us. The changes are here. We cannot stop the culture. By the way, I wrote my book, Mondo, not so much to reclaim the culture as to reclaim the church and to help the church to see that we pay a very uh, pivotal role uh, in, in our culture and, and how to have the courage to stand against it. You know, I make the statement that many students in our universities today will not be talked out of their faith, but they'll be mocked out of their faith. So the church has to strengthen believers at every level to say, how do we respond? 
How do we respond to the LGBT community? How can we be, for example, welcoming but not affirming? And we have to be able to make that distinction. Parents need to know, what do I say to my child when he or she comes home and says, you know, I'm trans? I want to say a word about the cancel culture. I know we have a lot of topics to cover here, but it comes to mind. In my book uh, on propaganda, uh, the chapter on propaganda in We Will Not Be Silenced, I point out that there is such a thing as collective demonization. Maybe this answers your question also specifically, what is different today? Collective demonization. This was perfected in Russia. And it was perfected because in Russia, when somebody was canceled by the state, everyone else jumped in and they wanted to show that they were on the side of the elite, the ruling elite. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, in Nazi Germany, there were churches that put up a Nazi flag on their door saying, when you come for the Christians, don't come for us because we are on your side. And so everybody wants to be on the side of the progressives. You know, uh, they ask the question, am I woke enough to be seen as virtuous? Now, I have to make one other comment, and we can explore all of these ideas, and that is maybe giving a more specific answer, actually, to your question. You are talking about churches today. In my book, I distinguish between, uh, you know, the whole idea of, uh, that has come to mind regarding the social implications of the gospel and the social gospel, social justice, biblical justice. The Bible has a lot to say about biblical justice. But social justice, as it is taught today in the universities, is not biblical justice. It has to do with sexual radicalism. It has to do with the equal distribution of uh, such things as power and money. It has to do with a wide range. I mean, you have environmental justice. You have all kinds of justice out there. And people use that word, and they may not understand that it actually does have very Marxist ideas that are being promoted today. Mm, you know, you're bringing so many great points. I got so many questions and very little time left, but I got to ask you this. How did we get here, Dr. Lutzer? How in the world did we get here? I mean, what happened to our culture? What happened to the church? Where are we? And Because it, 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 it's so amazing that most of us, we woke up one morning and all of a sudden here we were being canceled from every platform but how did we get here, Dr. Lutzer? I think that there are a number of different streams that have fed this culture. On the one hand, as I mentioned, uh, cultural Marxism is being taught in our universities today. And once those students leave, they take their ideas with them. And they bring that into business. They bring that into education. They bring that into our schools. The second thing, though, and this relates directly to where the church is at, if you look at what is happening around us, it is totally consistent with human nature. People are believing certain things because they want to believe certain things. 
Churchill said, the desire to believe something is much stronger than rational argument. That's why when it comes to trans issues, for example, there's so much irrationality, uh, the denial of biology, the, the denial even not only of biology, but science, because people want to believe this so bad. And what did the Apostle Paul say to Timothy? He said, Timothy, the time is going to come when there are going to be teachers who are going to teach in accordance with their passions. So when the issue of sexuality, because it plays such a large role in our lives, of course, as you know, the whole issue of sexuality is the place where it's the playground of the radical left and the intention. Why is it that there are curriculum nowadays in our schools where young people are introduced to pornography and, and all kinds of different kinds of sexual expression. Remember the intention. The intention is to destroy the family. It is the intention to be able to cause children to be confused because confused children are more easily led. Marx believed that the family was actually a unit of oppression. Men oppressed their wives, parents oppressed their children, and God was the ultimate oppressor. So what you have in our society, in answer to your question, you have technology, that's one of the streams by which our culture is fed. You have this abandonment of Christianity toward passions and uh, passion-driven theology, as I call it. And you have all that converging with some very uh, progressive, supposedly progressive ideas. By the way, Mondo, if you're on the wrong road, progress isn't what you want to really do. But nonetheless, you have all that feeding into the culture. But you know, I don't know how much more time we have on this interview, but I do want to speak about my heart and the role of the church in this very confused culture. Absolutely. Listen, if you just tuned in right now, you're listening, you're watching one of America's greatest voices from the church, Dr. Erwin Lutzer. He just wrote a book called We Will Not Be Silenced. This book right here, you need to go get it, understand what we're up against. But also, you're gonna, he's going to give you the answers of what roles does Christianity, the church, must play for this hour. I'm still a believer, Dr. Lutzer, that the, the Bible says that I will build my church and the gates of hell would not prevail. I'm still a believer that the greatest key to this answer that we're dealing with right now is the church, the body of Christ. Listen, we must stand right now. But how do we stand in the midst of this cancel culture? How do we preach when our sermons are being silenced? How do we communicate when we're being the platform from social media platforms? How do we stand up against everything that's coming against us? My answer is don't lose faith in the word of God. Don't lose faith in church. Don't lose in the assembling of togetherness. We need one another. But I'm going to give my special guest right now time to help you understand what is your role? What is my role? What is the answer? So, Dr. Lutzer, I got about probably about five minutes left. I want to give you this platform. 
How do, what is the role for the church for this hour? How do we respond? How do we stand in the midst of this cancel culture? Mondo, thank you so much for giving me this time because this really does reveal my heart. First of all, you're absolutely right. Even as our history is being trashed, we have to remember that the Church of Jesus Christ was not built on the American Constitution, though it is a remarkable document. The Church of Jesus Christ was built on Jesus Christ. And when Jesus made that statement in Caesarea Philippi, on this rock I'll build my church, he was standing in the middle of the citadel of pagan religion. So Jesus is with us here. Let me talk about the role of the church in the matter of race. This is on my heart. Mm. Diversity studies today at the university deliberately divide and destroy. The intention is not to bring about racial reconciliation at all. I go into that in depth in my book. But here's the role of the church. The church says there isn't that much difference between us, the various races, the various colors. We are all sinners. We come to the foot of the cross and receive God's forgiveness. And when we meet together for the Lord's table, we don't have black spaces and white spaces and uh, brown spaces and Asian spaces. We are one in Christ, and having done that, we then ask ourselves the question, what can we do together to make things better? And so rather than trying to spend all of our time shouting at one another across racial fences, we are interested in true reconciliation. At Moody Church, where I pastored for 36 years, on any Sunday morning, we had more than 70 different countries of origin represented. I told the church that we want to get ready for heaven, where there are people from every tongue and every nation, and they are all gathered together there before the throne. The church has an answer. The church has an answer for those who are confused, for those who are struggling with issues of sexuality. There are many struggles in our society, but we must understand that Jesus said to the broken people, he uh, stretched out his arms, so to speak, and said, come unto me, all ye who are laden and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And to all who are watching this program today, would you take those words of Jesus to heart? Come unto me, and I'll give you rest, I'll give you forgiveness, and I will give you help. In the last chapter of my book, it's entitled, Strengthen What Remains. And in, the, in that last chapter, I write out what I think Jesus might say to the American church today. But what we have to do, and I know we don't have much time left in this interview, is have that distinctive balance between truth and love. We have to be able to tell this younger generation that truth and love are not enemies. We must live them out together. We must witness to our faith. We must not shout, but we have to speak, and we have to be courageous and mondo. The Church of Jesus Christ has to learn lessons that historically the Church has had to learn, namely, that there is a cost to following Jesus. There is a cost to carrying your cross, because always remember, it leads to Golgotha. Listen, I cannot let you go without you praying for us, praying for the nation, praying for those viewers right now 
Dr. Lutzer. Will you pray for our generation? Will you pray for those that are watching right now to have an encounter with Christ? Listen, I'm a kid from East L.A., California. I'm an ex-gang member that is here today for the grace of God. What a miracle it is that when someone gives you the opportunity to know Christ, that you will receive him in your heart, and it will change your life forever. It will change the way you think. It will change the way you carry yourself. But it will change who you are, what we were meant to be, partnering with God. Dr. Lutzer, the same opportunity I had one day when someone gave me the, the, the road to the cross, will you do that for those that are watching right now? Yes, for all those who are watching, would you take a moment of silence? Would you admit your need in the presence of God, knowing that we are all sinners, we're all helpless? There's nothing that we can do to contribute to our salvation. It's all that Jesus has done for us to be received through repentance and faith. Pray a prayer, something like this. And Jesus said, if you come, I'll receive you. That's the good news of the gospel. Our Father, today we want to thank you from the depths of our heart that in the midst of a world that has lost its way, you've called us to this moment to remind people that there is a Savior who saves people from their sins. We thank you for Mondo's testimony and the testimony of multiplied thousands and millions about your grace. And we thank you that there is no sin so large, there is no pit so deep, but that you cannot redeem and restore. Bring hope to the weary, bring peace to the fearful, and bring a sense of forgiveness to all who come to receive it. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to thank my special guest, Dr. Lutzer. Please come back anytime. We got so much to talk about. Get the book today. We will not be silenced. This is Responding Courageously to Our Culture's Assault on Christianity. Order it today. Get it right now. And I want to leave you with this scripture. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I have to go. But remember this. Keep the faith. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, I want to thank you for watching today's program. Remember, you can follow me on social media, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But feel free to communicate with me. Write me. Let me know what you're thinking about. I want to start having a conversation about some of the subjects that I'm having on this program. There's so much to talk about. and There's so much that you have to say. And I appreciate all of your comments on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter that you have. Listen, we all have different perspectives because we all come from a different background. We all grew up differently. But one thing that unites us is the passion to serve God and to love God. And together, when we come and have a conversation, we can begin to resolve the issues that are separating us. 
But no matter what happens, we have to have conversations. That's why I created this program, so I can bring in men and women that have a voice in our culture today and have different perspectives. And we come together to talk about where is Christianity today? Where is the Christian faith going tomorrow? How do we respond to the cancel culture? Listen, we need answers. And very few people are giving those answers. But the people that I'm inviting to this program seem to have some kind of an answer to help us determine how are we going to respond to this culture that we're in today. So I want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for your prayers. I want to thank you for watching. And remember that without your help, without your support, I could not do this every single day. So thank you. It means a lot to me. And remember that no matter what you're going through, keep the faith.